0: Welcome to part two of this episode of Faith in Your Recovery. This is actually an interview with me by the bishop of the Indiana United Methodist Church, Reverend Julius C. Trimble, and along with him, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. It was a part of the bishop's podcast, To Be Encouraged. This is an outside in look at a better life, Brianna's Hope and our faith in your recovery podcast. It's a true privilege to be the interviewee with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. How can people
1: uh, be supportive of the ministry?
0: Well, there are several ways to make that happen. Number one, we'd love for you, if you have any extra questions I've not addressed, comments, questions, fears, doubts, go to our website at ablbh.org. The book that I'm talking about, all the funds from this book, this is volume one, volume two is already in the works. And we've got plans for volume three, and we'll. Pr- I'd love to go to volume six, because we've got some incredible stories to be heard. But that book can be purchased for fifteen ninety five plus tax off of recoveryconversations.org. You can make, uh, we've got PayPal, other venues for Donations on our website. Uh, we've got our podcast at ablbh.org, and if you have an interest on a chapter. In your community, we'd love to hear from you. We'd help you set that up. It's a simple process. It's a minimal cost. You don't pay us anything in our office, but there are some incidentals you'll need to cover to take care of your meetings. But uh, we'll be there with you. We'll help you get folks into treatment. We can resource that. We can make a lot of things happen and truly make a difference for your people your community and the quality of life in that community, uh, so it's it's going well, and we just want to see it continue to grow, continue to reach. Uh, it's it's one of those missional projects of a sort that we've been able to just turn into to God given success, and that that pleases
1: me to the bottom of my being. I believe God is pleased too, as well, Randy. I, I was listening to the radio uh, actually it was earlier today uh, and they were sharing some of the uh, heart heart-wrenching statistics about the opioid crisis how many thousands of people have died in the United States due to the opioid crisis one of the things they said that really was a bit disheartening was that that they're actually they found things that are helpful when people are trying to come off of opioid addiction uh, and they mentioned several different, Things uh, that i met the methadone and some other different treatments, but they said only 20 percent of the people who are actively in addiction ha- have access some of these recovery uh, both treatment plans as well as accessing recovery itself. Uh, and I know recently that the Indiana state, you know, added some additional funds to the mental health. Uh, 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 budget and, and m- myself and a lot of others went down to the state house, advocating for for more funds. And we didn't get all that we wanted, but they did increase what w- what was previously in the state budget. Do you know Do you know Do you know what i make a reference to in terms of those things that have been found to be helpful as people are are trying to overcome addiction and whether or not there are places you said you've helped you've helped people get into recovery programs. Is that available in all of the counties or are there places where it's harder or easier than others to access help if you really wanna be helped?
0: Yes to all of that, okay, but yeah. I'll try to break it down a little bit. Uh, it's available to everybody in any county, but there's not always a facility in. Every county. Uh, there are multiple means on the internet. We have resources. We can help get you somewhere. We can guide and direct. As far as those, uh, the medically assisted treatment that you're referring to, there's a lot of. There's fear on some people's part. There's a great understanding on the part of other people. I guess I'm somewhere in the middle personally. I do not disbelieve in medically assisted treatment, but there's a right way for that to be done. And it has to be done professionally, not through what we used to call the pill mill to where you should just go and pick the pills up. You need to be under a doctor's care and it needs to be done properly, just like anything. Otherwise, you turn into abusing that drug instead of your old one. And there are some that through the medically assisted programs you use them, you can become addicted, and they can be harder to come off of than the heroin or something else at times. I'm not totally versed in this, but I can get you to people who are, who can help guide you and direct you in what's safe and what
1: is working. Well, what you did say, and you said it earlier, and you've said it more than once, is that part of this ministry is helping people access uh treatment and recovery if they choose to. Obviously, you got to make a choice to want. So so sometimes people might be living in a community. Maybe they become disconnected with their their family or they, they've kind of been on an out. And so they are in a different community. But if they if they connect with the ABL Better Life Program, Brianna's Hope, you're able to help resource them in terms of their pathway towards recovery. We would do our
0: absolute very best. Uh, There's always, I could almost give you the excuses we get many times and the one that's the most often and the next and so on. But uh, yeah, it, it boils down. You made the choice to use the drug. You have to make the choice to stop using the drug it's not just a matter of stopping usage you know you've got to get your mind clean and everything else so indeed it's process but it's not nearly as painful as the process that got you where you are
1: amen hey brad what what questions do you have i kind of got a question for
2: both of you in this regard uh, because i'm really interested in how it fascinates me how this has spread to so many counties and so many communities, even across the different states. And that's an awesome thing. And I really see the partnership opportunity for local churches to really get engaged with their communities. So I guess for Bishop and Randy, as, uh, as both clergy people, how do you think uh, churches can partner with the various uh, you know, uh, uh, substance abuse centers and what have you and medical facilities? To provide something like this, uh, a faith based process or some other process to help people get the faith that they need. How can we help things like this be uh, and engage, help churches engage in their community in this great area of need?
1: Bishop, why don't you go ahead, please? Well, I think part, part of it is the ongoing training we do for our pastors. I know this has come up in our cabinet meetings, so several of our superintendents are fairly familiar with a Better Life. Because they have churches in their districts that are hosting, uh, but but as a local pastor, I think about Brad. You and I went to seminary together. The things that we did learn in seminary, oh, the yeah, things that yeah. would have been helpful, things would have been helpful. <laughs> I happened when I was in Cleveland, when I was in Cleveland, Ohio, I had an associate pastor who was much more street savvy than I was, and he had been. A, he also was a trained social worker, so he had his finger on the. On on all of the resources that were available in our county, in in our community that, that we could we could direct people to, but I think the ongoing education of pastors, you know, uh, local pastors, deacons, elders, uh, and and I our, and, our, and, and our laity in our churches, because we really the church should be a place where people can find help, whatever the help is they need, and that's physical, spiritual, mental help as well. So I think part of it is how do we resource our, our pastors? I like, one of the things we like to do on the podcast, Brad, is to, is to accentuate and magnify these stories so that people, they can be, they can be repeated other places. So I'm certainly going to be talking to Serena, our communications person. And I know we've done stories that's been a while, but there have been stories done in the past about a better life. But Randy, now, now I, I, i have it up for you. Who
2: else?
1: Yeah, because Randy's Somebody doing yeah. is really
2: hands-on in this. So Randy, what what have you seen? How are how's this uh, uh, program being translated and spread to other communities through the churches?
0: It certainly takes intentionality from that church. There has to be someone just as with every mission within the church who has the desire, the passion to see this work. There's still an incredible stigma and bias out there that we deal with on a daily basis, and as much as I hate to say it, it's alive and well within many churches. Do we want that person next to us that we just Read about in paper a couple of weeks ago of going to jail on this kind of a charge or that kind of a charge. How much do we want to invest in that of our time and our energy and our hearts? But I'm still of the belief. And I tell nearly every chapter this at their start, it's going to take you one success story and people will start to believe. I remember the negativity we faced in the beginning and I get it because nobody around was doing anything like this. So I'm okay with that. But that didn't stop us again. (laughs) <laughs> tell me no, and that's probably the best fire you can put in me. That's the best amen you can give me sometime is to say that can't work because I, I will try to prove to you it can. If God's with me, it's going to work. I think so, one,
2: uh, one of the great things you've done here, Randy, is you put a face on this because so there's a Brianna in every town no matter what, it could be a big city like Indianapolis, or it could be a small little place like Red Key, Indiana, and every place in between. There's a Brianna there, or a Brian, or whatever. You know, a, <laughs> you get that. There's, if you put a face on this, I think it's one of the brilliant, if you allow me to say, a kind of a marketing play on this that you've, you've done here to, to help to give that a face to that. And, and when that story comes up, because it will in every community where they will have that person pop up who has a need, and, boy, you're you're ready to go then. That,
0: there's a lot of truth with that, and that was a part of the purpose. So people could identify. Uh, You pick up the newspaper, you read of someone boom, you can just transfer that into Brianna's story. And there's so much of that going on around us. And as you said, every community's had their struggle. I have been to two communities in my nearly you know, nine years of this who have told me, we don't have a problem. No, well... Goodness. For the best of my abilities, I kept <laughs> saying, then why don't you travel with me and tell people how you keep from having a problem? More so than that, I wanted to say, you need to move that rock you've been living under.
2: Yeah, and I, so, yeah I, I call that the Cleopatra excuse, the queen of denial kind of a thing. Uh, that, approach to, I've approach often the thing.
0: said that society's in as big a denial as
2: any he, addict. Here's my quick story about that. Out of my ministry, I had a big meeting one time about uh, uh, some new folks coming to the church who were a little bit rough characters, and this one older woman said, "I cannot stand people coming to our church with tattoos." And then uh, while I'm talking to her in her uh, at her kitchen table. Her grandson, about 20 years old, who's been up mowing the lawn, comes in without his shirt on, and he has this huge eagle tattoo all over his chest. So I say, and I said, to her, hey, would you ever like your grandson to be in church? He's got the tattoo. So oh, you yeah. can de- 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 deny all you want to, but the reality of the issues are right there in front of our face. And we can no longer deny them in the church, or we will not be relevant to people who need oh, the Lord.
0: Last year— We took our group, three or four speakers, went to Jay County High School, Portland, Indiana. The first question I asked the students who were gathered, how many of you personally know someone, have a family member, or are personally involved with drugs? And out of the I don't know. Twelve hundred students who were there. Eleven 1, hundred hands went up. And the other hundred just li- probably didn't hear the point. Were <laughs> the yes. liner
2: out of touch? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So uh, no, it's a very real thing, and it's
1: everywhere.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's a that would be true if we did that from the pulpit on Sunday morning. How many Done of many families, times. How many? How many of our families have not been touched by this? I know that my family has. Yeah. And and alcohol and drug addiction, and this is this is real. Uh, and uh, we are not just in the business of getting people ready for heaven. We we try. We also should be in the business of interrupting some of the hell that people are going through and walking with them as they struggle through these things. So, and, and Bishop uh,
2: and Randy is is also just in a practical pragmatic terms that many churches are really leveraging of. Uh, uh, such a ministry to abuse situations as an evangelistic tool because there's so much grenade there. If you're showing the need to people hurting this way, it can lead to growth in in your church as well. It can.
0: Yeah, Uh And to see the change within people when that light comes on, I don't just mean those struggling with the drug. I mean those folks who have never really gotten serious about making a difference or getting involved. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, an well, incredible experience.
2: Well, Randy, one of the things we really want to hear from you, you know, the theme of our podcast is to be encouraged. And we always give Bishop the last word in terms of wrapping things up and here in a few minutes, but, really want to hear uh, a story now you've shared with us a few things but a story where you've seen either an individual's life changed or maybe a group like a class or a church or something that's been changed by the mission and ministry that you're involved with now and uh, and how that can be a point of encouragement or uh, inspiration to others let's hear a good let's hear a great story.
0: <laughs> I may be a little hesitant, not because I don't have them. I'm trying to boil it down to one. Well, and uh,
2: yeah, maybe hard to do, but, but to give give us a story no, if you will.
0: Gotcha. I'll I'll go ahead, and I I know I have permission to use this by name because I have a before and after picture. His name is Dustin. Dustin was a classmate of our youngest son. Used to come to our home quite often. I didn't know. I didn't recognize he was in a home that struggled with alcohol. Uh, Dustin, as he got older in school and was moving on, made some poor choices. Got heavily into addiction, and you know we we would keep in contact. He'd show up at meetings. He fought his own battles and dealt with his own demons, and finally he decided he was done, done with that battle. The picture, the before picture of when he was first booked into jail to the after picture It was more than night or day. I oftentimes hold up his before picture and make a comment to people, this is not the kind of guy I'd want to meet in a dark alley. And then I go ahead and say, I don't think I'd even want to run into him in a lighted aisle at Walmart. But the change... Dustin has made, the relationship he's come into with God, the way he has reconnected with his family. He is now a a journeyman brick mason. He's making good money. The people of the community have got nothing but good word for him. And they saw him in another situation for a long time. So Dustin's a prime example, along with Monica, who who is one of our, pardon the expression, Poster kids for recovery, and you know her battle with meth, losing her family, her children over the years, her jobs, her home. Uh, finally, getting to that point, she was so proud she could finally own a car that had all four doors the same color. And I remember. To, yeah, to see her come into recovery, and she's now working for IUJ Hospital. Dealing with those who are struggling. So those are those are two what? biggies. And,
2: that's that's you know, fantastic. Now, and you take to those stories of Monica and uh, Dustin and you multiply them over and over again, don't you? That, absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: That's been one of the joys of our podcast. Every one of those is a victory story in the yeah. end. and well, Bishop, what? Uh,
2: what, what do you think about what you've heard here today from, from from Pastor Randy Davis about Brianna's Hope? I'd like to get your kind of your reaction, what you feel about it, what is encouraging about it, and what is inspirational moving forward to, for other churches and other leaders.
1: I think this is an answer to, to prayer. When we talk about breakthrough prayer, I think that Brianna's prayer has really had a breakthrough effect. So where her loss of life, has not been a loss in vain, and I give thanks uh, to God without apology for Pastor Randy Davis, his enthusiasm, his exuberance, his contagious positivity, uh, that I think can be multiplied, and I think we ought to just continue to tell and retell stories like this. I may have heard a Monica story because I re- I don't know if, it, if 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 is Newcastle one of the places where 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 early on it got to start. I may be missing yes, my computer. Yes,
0: it is. Yeah, I'm I, sure money would have been involved.
1: Right. And I was I was at one of those meetings and, and I'll never forget because I came back, ran and told that story. So you never think about somebody giving thanks for having a car where the doors all match. And, you know, those of us who used to, you know, I grew up in the city in Chicago and I knew what that was. If you got a car and sometimes, you know, the doors didn't didn't always match because it, you know, was a replacement door. But if the car was running, you know, that was the first thing. But if you had a car where all the doors are matched, you know, you, that that's a step up, step up. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Well, Randy, why don't you tell us one more time
2: how people can find out more about your organization, about your book, about your podcast, how, If because people are going to want to know how to make uh, learn more about this. Tell us how people can get a hold of you about your organization and and all those things we've mentioned there
0: and our website again
1: yeah
0: all right our website ablbh.org our office email is info at ablbh.org the podcast podcast at ablbh.org. It is titled Faith in Your Recovery, available on all major podcast platforms. Our office phone, two six zero seven six six two zero zero six. 766 And the book can be found on our website. You can go there and get information. I'll get the angle there in a minute. You can go there and get information or go to recoveryconversations.org, and uh, we'll get one out to you right away. Well, that's, so I, that's
2: fantastic. We'll put all those connections on our website at tobeencouraged.com. Uh, the main website, though, is org. I assume that stands for... It stands for A Better Life, Brianna's Hope. Is that what that stands for? I assume that it does, right? It does. Yeah. It does. So that's ABLBH.org. dot org. So uh, that's where to go. Bishop, can you give us any final thoughts and close us with a prayer, please?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I got a copy of the book, but I told Randy I want an autographed copy. So he's working on it. Like yeah, my word. Get an autographed. Well, you know, one of the things we like to do is remind people of the scriptures that really undergird this podcast, First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, for God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whatever whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, sisters and brothers, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. We have been encouraged by Pastor Randy Davis, and A Better Life, Rihanna's Hope. And I hope you will support this ministry. It's a ministry worth supporting. If we want to save lives, we've got to invest in lives. And I give thanks to God for Randy Davis and for the many people who have been, as we like to say, up the rough side of the mountain.
2: What a powerful episode of To Be Encouraged. We just witnessed with Randy Davis. We had the privilege of hearing this conversation that Bishop Tremble and I had with Randy Davis. Uh, it was we talked about the insights that uh, he has gleaned after experiencing the opioid crisis in his own community and how it's been, ex- the impact of this ministry has been ex- extended beyond their small rural community to many other places. And we talked about, the nature of the opioid crisis and the need for support and resources for those struggling with addictions of of all sorts. Um, As we talk about this episode, let's reflect on three areas or three key takeaways that we really that I really want to encourage you to take moving forward and apply to your own ministry situation. First of all, Randy Davis emphasized the emphasis of supportive ministry, and he mentioned various ways in which people can be supportive, including visiting the website, purchasing the book, making donations. A Better Life, Brianna's Hope, uh, does make a difference in their community and many others by providing resources and assistance to those in need. And by actively engaging in programs like this, we all can contribute to the well-being of uh, of those impacted by this terrible situation and improve the quality of life in these communities. Second thing, Bishop Trimble shed light on a disheartening statistic related to the opioid crisis. Only 20% of individuals actively struggling with addiction have access to recovery and treatment plans. However, despite this challenge, Randy Davis assured us that resources and assistance are available in all the counties that Brianna's Hope serves and even beyond that, to every other county, and, and that there are, is not always a facility in every county, and every location, but there are resources to get people connected to those. The point is, seek treatment, seek help. There's medically assisted treatment, and, the, and there there is uh, other ways to uh, improve this as well. The key is to ensure that treatment is done professionally and responsibly, and it's vital to seek guidance from professionals in this matter, so seek out those ways that you can be connected to the proper resources. And the last thing is we explored this partnership, this incredible partnership opportunity between churches and substance abuse centers. Uh, Bishop Trimble and Randy uh, Davis both stressed the significance of ongoing education for pastors and for churches and church leaders. And by equipping ourselves with knowledge and actively engaging in training programs and resources and the churches can become uh, basically beacons of hope and support in their communities. The church has a unique role to play in providing a physical space and the spiritual and the mental health to help those in need. Intentionally and a commitment to breaking down stigma and bias are also a part of this this uh, process that churches can use in this partnership. But it does require a passion and a desire and people to step forward to see this work uh, not only get started, but flourishes and grows. Hope that you enjoyed this This podcast episode, we'll put links to everything about this podcast episode at our website, tobeencouraged.com. This is episode 070. You can find out more also by going directly to the website that we've mentioned here a couple of times, which is uh, ablbh.org. ABLBH, that stands, A Better Life, Brianna's Hope ablbh.org and then that's you can find all kinds of information about randy davis and about all the programs and how the many counties it serves directly throughout uh, about four states i believe you can also find out more about the book that randy davis has written and It's my understanding is it's one part of a multi-volume book series that's coming out which is booker which is called recovery Conversations, which is actually just what it says a lot of conversations, a lot of testimonials from people who have recovered from substance abuse. He also, Randy Davis, also has his own podcast, which is called Faith in Your Recovery Podcast. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of Faith in Your Recovery, a different approach of sharing who we are and what we're about. We pray the best for you and invite you to stay in the battle for recovery. If we can be of any assistance or you have an idea for a future podcast or even a question, contact us at podcast at ablbh.org. God bless. Stay in the battle.